listening to the Sports Hive Podcast. Welcome into the Sports Hive Podcast, where we provide you with all the buzz in the sports world. Today we are back on this Tuesday, ready to talk about the divisional round playoffs that happened this past weekend, and also to talk about some NBA, uh, James Harden moving to the Brooklyn Nets with KD and Kyrie. And uh, me and Luke, Luke and Charlie are all going to have our own reactions to his first couple games with the Brooklyn Nets. So let's get this started. All right, boys. So um, NFL divisional round playoffs this past weekend. Uh, for me, the most impressive win of the weekend uh, was probably the Kansas City Chiefs. I know a lot of people probably don't think so, but Mahomes obviously went out in the second half, probably with a concussion. And Chad Henney came in, and uh, with Andy Reid's play calling at the end, he had some balls to do what he did. And I think just the way the Chiefs played that second half to hold off the Browns, it was, for me, the most impressive win for the weekend. You can go, Luke. Um, I have to completely disagree with you. I thought that was the least impressive win of by hey. far. Um, yeah, uh, they looked pretty terrible other than that last drive without Mahomes. Um, just all around, even receivers, just they didn't get the same openness as they do with Mahomes in the game. Obviously, that Chad Henney throw looked atrocious. Uh, that, that interception to it was Carl Joseph, I think. Um, yeah, that was that was the that was the Lamar throw from that was game. that was one of the yeah. worst throws I've seen. He threw it five five yards over the over um that's the receiver's head like ten yards. Yeah, it was bad. Um, obviously the the Browns couldn't stop Chad Henney on third and fourteen or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, the the most impressive win for me would would probably have to be. I would have to say. Uh, I would probably have to say, I don't know, maybe Green Bay. But, I mean, I think the teams that won, I just kind of expected to win. I don't know if there was a really impressive win for me. I think uh, I think you're right, Luke, with uh, the Packers being a more impressive team than, uh, than the Chiefs Boy. this weekend, especially, you know, doing what they did against the number one ranked defense. I don't care if Aaron Donald is, is hurt. He's still Aaron Donald, and he's still beast, and we contained him, which is really important. Um, yeah, Elton Jenkins locked his yeah. ass up. El- Elton Jenkins was cold. And Devontae also uh, showed that nobody in the league can um can guard him. Anyways, I think uh, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady had the most impressive win. You know, losing two, two games the whole season to the Saints. You know, they're, they're already facing a lot. And they came in, Tom, Tom Brady came in, and the defense played well. Tom Brady played well. And overall, you know, that just showed that the Packers should be should be scared, especially what – Tampa Bay did to them early in the season, so it's gonna be a good game. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I just think the Chiefs, with especially what happened with Mahomes, I don't know that play, that play call was kind of questionable where they played that read option uh, with Mahomes. Uh, but I just think, I mean, when when I saw Mahomes go out, I I kind of thought the Browns were gonna come back and win that game because they had all that momentum. But what Chad Henney did on third and fourteen. And then what Andy Reid had the confidence in him to play, do that play call uh, on that pass on on fourth or third down or fourth down, it was it was just ballsy to do. And obviously they came back, but I'm just impressed on how they just control. I mean, they didn't control the second half, but they kind of just held the Browns uh, 
enough where they couldn't win. Mm-hmm. But I, I and honestly, in that game, I want to talk about just before halftime, the Browns uh, possibly could have scored a touchdown, but that uh, helmet, that helmet leading tackle by, uh, I don't know who it was by, but it was by one of the chief secondary players. Yeah. Um, On a, Rashard Higgins. Yeah. So he, so he didn't get, it was obviously led with the helmet and, um, it, it was called the touchback, and the Chiefs got the ball back. Oh, that's a horrible. So I don't know, but it was way. called horrible rule. Yeah, and and they can't even review, which is stupid. And the other thing is the refs called it in the Saints game, which in that I don't think really was the correct call. Uh-huh. But but just the the way that the NFL is basically trying to enforce the safety rule on players and the, uh, helping the defenseless players in that case. It just they, they just have to call those consistently, and obviously they didn't call it in the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. And then the game after that, they called it early in that game. So yep. it is for me. They just got to be consistent with that call. Because if they call that, the Browns are probably going to score a touchdown, being at the one, and all the momentum going into the half, they're going to have the ball. That just completely changed the game. And I and I think it it should be a review. It should be a reviewable play because. It, like if you if you review a play, you should be able to if you see something that you missed, you should be able to, like especially on that kind of thing where you're trying to enforce safety. If if that kind of call was missed, you could throw the flag after you review it, which I think that should be changed. Like th- that rule should be changed, and you should be able to review that. Mm. The rule, the targeting rule. Yeah, I also think that the uh, the touchback rule is, is awful. Such a horrible rule. I, I can't stand it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, considering if you fumble the ball any other place on the field, you're if it goes out of bounds, you still keep the ball exactly. at the spot of the fumble. But since it went out of bounds in the end zone, all of a sudden it's a touchback. So stupid. So yeah, so I mean, there was that's that that has to. I don't know why that's even a rule in the first place. Um, considering well, literally like any other place on the field. It, where where do they spot different. it then? Like, let, let's say like they get rid of the rule, then where would they spot the ball? Just like. It would be where you fumble, like any other fumble out of bounds. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's how, if you, if you fumble on the 40, then the ball goes out of the 38, you get the ball at the 40. Right. So like, let, let, let's say you're, you're going to the pylon and like you're out of and bounds. You fumble there, at the one. And you're at the one. Okay. And you're at the one. I like that. Yeah. So for me, it's just that that type of thing should be a reviewable and, you should be able to call it like a throw a flag later. And uh, if you review that, you should be able to throw a flag after it. Just the consistency isn't there for me right now. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, that's the one thing but, I really just wanted but to know. Who knows if, but who knows if, <laughs> if they'll even change those calls since they never, they had the pass interference challenge rule for one year and it never, uh-huh. never worked. Even if it was crazy pass interference and yeah. never worked. Yeah, they would, they would never overturn their original call, which is kind of stupid too. So that's probably why they're not going to. So I just want to go basically down the line with each game and talk about some key aspects. We can just talk about some key aspects. Obviously, the first game on Saturday uh, was the Packers-Rams. Packers won 32-18. to The offense looked incredible. Rodgers played really well, 23-36, 296 for two touchdowns. But I really want to talk about that Packers defense. They're really playing well, and they're playing well at the right time, especially going up against Tom Brady where he's uh, coming off a great game against the Saints. 
Yeah, they looked great on both ends. Um, other than they had a couple of drives where they, like, the defense just plays super soft for a couple of random drives every week, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but offensively, the offensive line was absolutely incredible. It was some of the best offensive line work, especially from Elton Jenkins dominating Aaron Donald for the entire game. He got like one pressure on Aaron Rodgers all game, and I think he completed the pass on that pressure. So, yeah, it, it was just a dominant performance by that offensive line. Yeah, I agree. The the defense really stood out to me, only allowing nine under a hundred rushing yards, under one fifty passing yards. Really impressive. Even though Jared Goff, you know, he was a little banged up, which I'll give him that. But but still. Uh, they played really well, holding Cam Akers, basically containing him. I, I love Cam Akers. I think he's going to be great next year, but they, they did a good job containing him for the most part. Um, yeah, that's all I got. So they so they were really, obviously, coming into this game, the front the front seven for the Rams were the big talk, and then obviously Jalen Ramsey for in the secondary. But, yes, in the offensive line is probably playing like the best offensive line in the league right now. They're just – playing so consistently and they gave Aaron Rodgers a lot of times like five seconds just to stand around in the pocket and deliver some great balls to the like his receivers so that was a big part of this game but also I think coming going into like the Bucks game it's going to be Aaron Rodgers just going to have to continue to play how he's playing really because yeah I think he what had like two or three interceptions in Tampa Bay when they played earlier this year mm-hmm yeah, yeah, and two. And so, and the Bucks are coming off a three interception game against Drew Brees, so they're going to come playing with some confidence. But uh, offensively or defensively, let me talk about for a second. The Packers are obviously they're going to give up points. I, every team does it; they're going to give up points. But the way the offense is playing, I don't think it, it right matters. now the way they're playing, yeah, it, it doesn't matter because they're going to put. It's like the Chiefs; they're going to put up points, and the defense is going to give up points. But you have Patrick Mahomes and Packers. You have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, so you're going to put up points on the offensive end. If your defense gives up a couple points on a couple drives, it's not going to matter too much, but it's just the way the defense plays, and that was the big part in this game. Defense played very well. Mm-hmm. And the one the one thing I liked was the a lot of pre-snap motion for Devontae Adams, especially on that one drive. Um, With a touchdown? Basically on the, basically on the goal line. Yeah. He 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 went he he was he was out right and then he motioned left and then right away he came back right and you could tell Jalen Ramsey was very upset because on that type of play defensively you have to, yeah, you have to that slot that slot corner has to or safety or whatever who was there you have to slide and you have to switch that because Jalen Ramsey there's no way he's going to get all the way over there coming off that second motion oh, so especially going obviously he was yeah so he was obviously upset yeah. and I could totally agree with it because defensively. On that type of play, you have to switch on that. You have to slide over. But just the way the Packers did those things with Jalen Ramsey and kind of motioned him away from Ramsey, so he was playing on the other side. Um, even though he had 60 yards, he had that touchdown, and he also contributed it in different ways. Oh mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, that's one thing I really do love about Matt LaFleur is um, the pre-snap motion, whether it's Adams, Aaron Jones. I, I love when they run two halfbacks and – uh, he sends Aaron Jones out wide in motion, and it really just opens up the offense a lot of the time. Facts. And another big part of this game was the other receivers obviously contributing. 
Alan Lazard had that huge touchdown, like what, 58 yards, I think it was. Uh-huh. And then MVS had a pretty good game as well. So Man, co- co- going going away from going away from Adams, it was an all around good performance for the Packers offense. All right, moving on to the 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 nightcap game in the AFC, the Bills Ravens. Obviously, the Ravens came off that huge win against the Titans, and the Bills beating the Colts. The Bills win this game seventeen to three. The one thing I really want to talk about is uh, what should the Ravens really do because they need they need something on that team. I think they obviously need another offensive weapon like a receiver. Where if Lamar does throw. It's like, I mean, you have Mark Andrews, but like you need one of those receivers like a Devontae Adams Uh or at least like a young receiver. You need to have like some some playmaker on the outside. Do you think if they were to get a receiver, they would go free agency route and get like Allen Robinson or would they draft him? What do you think? Because it is a deep receiver class this year. Um, Honestly, I don't, I don't think they can draft. You know, there is, I, I think they have to go veteran at this point. Yeah, they have to go. It, it, yeah, they, I think they, they would they have to try go free with Marquise agency. Brown. He looks like a good number two, number three, but they need a number one guy. And I don't yeah. think a rookie can be that right, right away. And they're trying to contend right now. And if, if they get one of those, if they get one of those big guys in free agencies, I think they could obviously make it into the AFC championship. But as of now, if they kept the team they had, I don't think Lamar at this point has enough firepower just for himself or he can't just himself cannot make it to an AFC championship game. They need that playmaker on the outside that uh, can kind of feed off of his running plays Mm -hmm. and can throw deep down the field and uh, make some plays. And they're, they're already stout on defense. So it's not like, I mean, they could add more, you could always add more on defense, but it's not like the defense has any like huge holes, you know? Yeah, and they have in their run game is fine. They have J.K. Dobbins uh-huh. that he's a rookie, so he's gonna and he's gonna be a gonna really good player in the league. Yeah. So there's just a lot of things that I could see the Ravens do that could they can make a leap. But I just think with the weapons they have now, obviously Mark Mark Andrews is gonna be fine. He's one of the, he's a huge tight end. He's a top, I so he's top three tight end. Top four. Yeah, so he's gonna he he's fine. He's but he's really the only weapon. I mean Marquise Brown, but he's like Luke said, he's not the problem, a number the one guy. Is that Marquise Brown is is a he's a vertical threat, and you know Lamar just doesn't, you know his arm just isn't there. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see them. I mean, in the a guy that could be in the slot for them that I don't know if his contract expiring, but his team is in a fire sale right now. Is the the veteran uh, Randall Cobb. Oh um, yeah, he likes likes to run a lot of um, a lot of short routes. He can he can run the long route as we've seen Rogers throw to him long in some classic games before. But the Bears, um, a lot a lot of uh, great, <laughs> he, he, he's a really good show, uh, short route runner um, as a veteran. He's not the, he's not going to be a number one obviously, but I think he could help supplement um, a lot of those deep routes run by Marquise Brown. Yeah, and obviously with the ball in his hands, he can make plays. So if he gets one of those curl routes or hitch routes, five yards or six yards down the field, he can turn around and he's fast. So he, oh, I mean, I don't know how fast he is now, but um, he can make those plays and he can um, move with the ball and make be like that play to play maker type guy for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and as far as this uh, Buffalo game goes, I don't really have any strong opinion. I, I watched this game, um, but I really don't have any strong opinions about this game. I kind of thought Buffalo was going to win. Um, I like- Josh Allen didn't. Josh Allen didn't play amazing, but um, I mean, Stephon Diggs had a really good game despite that, and they just had enough to beat the. I, I appreciate both franchises, so I don't like hate one or the other. But I hope the Bills win just because that fan base is a little bit more hungry right now. Yeah, and yeah. I, one one of my favorite, uh, some of my favorite content uh, from this weekend was that interview with uh, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs uh-huh. after the game. Those two have <laughs> they're just and they're just complimenting each other. Um, it, I I never really knew that I would like Stefan Diggs as a person just because he was a Viking. Um but he He's seems like a really cool dude. Yeah. Well and he seemed way different in Minnesota yeah. than he does now. Yeah. He, like in Minnesota he was like a prick really not like a prick, but like he was like cocky oh. and he was like I'm like the guy on this team, like throw it to me and like yeah. don't like don't give it to anybody else. But now in Buffalo he's just like open. Did you ever see and those he, uh those Viking interviews? Like they they had those team interviews and you could just tell yeah. that was like completely different player or person. Yeah, so he he's flourishing with Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is young. And so I think these two are going to be together for a long, long time. And as Charlie brought up, uh, the Bills Bills Mafia, the, the fan base, they're really hungry for uh, making it to the Super Bowl and even trying to go for a Super Bowl win. And just like the first game on Sunday, uh, Browns fans, they, they – uh, made the playoffs for the first time in 20 plus years. So they were hungry for this. And then they go in and beat Pittsburgh handily. And now they were playing the chiefs. Uh, Obviously they come up just short, but like we were talking about to begin this episode, uh, we were kind of talking about just before halftime, they could have scored that touchdown and that targeting leading with the helmet was not called. And I think, that should have more than what the Saints game got called. But, um, and that could have, like Charlie said earlier, that could have brought a lot of momentum to the Browns, especially they were getting the second half kickoff. So the big thing in this game was Mahomes went out in the second half, looks like a concussion. Um, and I just want to give props to Chad Henney. I mean, he didn't look great. He threw that interception, but he went in there probably with no reps at all because they probably didn't think Mahomes was going to get hurt or very limited reps. And then what Andy Reid did at the end of the game, play calling and uh, needing to get a first down at the end of that game and throwing the ball with that, uh, that was pretty ballsy. So I just give props to them. And it's going to be a good AFC championship game. Uh, Yeah, um, I hope Mahomes is okay um and good and good to play uh this week um i thought it was crazy that this was i thought it was crazy chad henny's still in the league uh um that it was his first uh playoff appearance um in what 13 years i think yeah something like that um yeah i i I thought he was long gone um from the league so that was uh pretty funny to watch and that 13 yards. The Browns can't give that up. Oh, yeah, that 13, was... 13, 13 yards from Chad, from like a 35-year-old <laughs> yeah, Chad Henney to Andrew Season. Tony, 
Tony Romo was going like bon- or Tony Romo was going like bonkers. He was like Chad Henney just like he basically was just screaming into his, like his microphone. Chad Henney giving the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. Like he thought he got the first down, but he was just short. He was marked just short. Even if he didn't, that that run ended the season. If if you just got six yards on that run, yeah. the Chiefs are punching that ball. Yeah, <laughs> and Browns are gonna have a shot. But you can't let that happen. Like, yeah, I, and I think I think Bank. I just don't get it. And I think Baker on the sideline thought they were getting the ball back. So I think he had his helmet on and he was ready to run out onto the field. But he looked, <laughs> he looked so sad. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, it's. Um, I mean, we make fun of the Browns a lot, but they have come a long way. And um, obviously, Baker Mayfield is going to be the cute quarterback of the future, and he kind of called that before he even got drafted. Uh, there's that video that surfaced that where he was asked about who, if the Browns picked him, would he be the quarterback to put the Browns over the top? And he said, I'm the guy that, that can do it. And he showed that. Obviously, especially he was he was a little inconsistent, but there's games where he uh, showed that he can be a really good quarterback. He he has I saw a tweet and it said Baker Mayfield's basically a top ten talent in quarterbacks, but he also has like that that's his like he he can be that good, but he can also be like a bottom ten quarterback at the same time, uh-huh. as we saw with like the Jets game. Yeah. Um, do, do they what do you think the the future is as far as Odell and Cleveland I, honestly I, I honestly don't know because I, I think he he could have been a difference maker especially on Sunday like the Browns probably could have won that game especially yeah I still feel like they I, I still feel like they do need a, a receiver. I don't think Jarvis Landry is the number one. Even if, if he is, they need somebody else. Well, and that in um, Peoples Jones, he's he's been a good target for Baker Mayfield too. He's going to grow. He's going to develop out of Michigan. So I think he'll be good. But I think, especially in that second half when Mahomes went out, I think Odell could have been a big difference maker in that game, and the Browns probably could have pulled that out with him. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about anything else about that game, but we can move on. Yeah, we, I we think can I'm good. We can move. Yeah, we can move to the the final game of the weekend, which was Tom Brady versus Drew Brees, uh, number three. Uh, the Saints were two and zero against the Bucks coming into this matchup, and the Bucks obviously come out with the victory, giving our their. De- their defense uh, getting three interceptions. They're winning thirty to twenty. Brady put, looked really good, and that defense obviously looked really good. But the big, the big topic on this game was uh, Drew Brees is retiring, so he's gonna be he's gonna be done. And Charlie left. Well, so I don't know what happened. Somebody was pissing. There's <laughs> <laughs> something. <laughs> but um, the, but I, the big I can reinvite him. All right. Should I just continue talking then? Yeah, you can just All keep right. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the big topic, obviously the Bucks won, but um, the big topic Brees. was Drew Brees. I think he's. Gonna I think be, he's going to be done, or he he kind of hinted that he was going to be done. He's going to retire, and he is going to retire as one of the greats to play the game. Uh, so just in the kind of the moment he had with Tom Brady on the field with his kids was very special. And I thought that was pretty cool for Tom Brady to do that. 
Uh, uh, one second. Um, yeah. Are you here? What happened? All right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Jacob just. All right, we can go. Um, what what were you saying? So obviously the big, obviously the Bucks won this game, but um, the big topic was. Drew Brees, he's probably going to retire from the NFL, so he's going to be done, and he's going to be retiring as one of the well, greats to I, play I the game. About this. I, I, I've seen so many Saints fans hating on Drew Brees yesterday. And oh, yeah, yes, 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 go off. That is so ridiculous. This man put on a Hall of Fame career, did everything for that city, and that's how they send him off. That's horrible. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. So if any New Orleans Saints fans watching this pod or listening to this podcast, just know that uh, – if you were hating on Drew Brees, you can like you know not listen to us anymore because that was awful. Yeah, man, it's okay to make to make some jokes because he was pretty terrible out there last night. But like the shit on his whole career is just like, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's different. Cause, like, I mean, you got to cut that out. Yeah. So, um, but the moment he had with Tom Brady with his kids off the field, like on the field after the game, that yeah, was pretty special uh, for Brady to come out and do that and obviously throw a touchdown pass to his son. So, yeah, that was... <laughs> future future quarterbacks in the league, his three sons. Maybe receivers. That, that kid has some hands. Yeah, that's, true. that's true. That one kid is definitely not a cornerback because he got burnt on that, on that, uh, that route. Um, uh, something I was thinking about today, though, was like, it was a weird thought. Like, there seemed like there's no like superstar quarterbacks that came out of like the early 2010s, mm-hmm. and it felt like it felt like the shift. Everything like the quarterbacks who were like stars in this decade were all like drafted pre like 2005, and then like randomly now we're seeing the stars drafted like 2017 right. and later. Yeah, and it seems like there was like a long gap of like 12 years where there was like no quarterback talent. Yeah, because you, you would say like yeah. right now like the best young quarterbacks are. You like Deshaun, Watson, Mahomes. Who, who do you put? It felt it felt like it, there was a shift. It felt like there was a there was a shift from like Rogers, Brady, Rogers, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Roethlisberger, and the Mannings to like like not, like those guys dominated for like fifteen years, and then it went to like Mahomes, right. Allen, Watson. Yep. Um, the only guy I can think about in that time right. frame would would be oh. Russell Wilson. Yeah, and, it, and it's so different because like the position has evolved so ra- like rapidly, and like it was it's just so different because. Obviously, like Brady, he he was really never a mobile quarterback. Um, pay, I don't think Peyton Manning was ever really a mobile quarterback. Philip Rivers, not really. And now you, Big Ben, no. And then you g- come into like the early 2010, like the 2010s, like 2015, 16, 17, and you get like these quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson. They're like dual threat quarterbacks that can run and pass like efficiently. And it's just the way the game has changed and the way the positions have really changed. It's uh, pretty cool to see. Yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, you had Vic, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, Pre two thousand ten. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the way I mean, every sport has really changed in the last ten years has been insane. <clears throat> Yeah, but we. Uh, I just want to touch on quick Deshaun Watson. Uh, do you guys think he's gonna he's gonna have another snap with the Houston Texans? Yeah, I think he's out. Oh no, he's yeah. out. I, I think yeah, he's out. He has the no trade clause, so I mean, he kind of gets to decide where he goes. Um, 
I don't, I, I don't know if right now is when we can say where he's going to go. I mean, he can go to Miami, but I don't know if Miami really wants to give up all those assets for him. You think uh, JJ um, Watt's going? I can see San Francisco making the move. Um, JJ Watt, he might be, but I, I think he may uh-huh. want to stay. Um, but I don't know if the team wants to move on. Right. Is the only question there. He, he, hey, uh, hey, Houston, uh, send him to Green Bay. Honestly, send JJ Watt to Green Bay. That's probably where he wants to be. You know, if if it's not in Houston. Um, yeah, if he, I think he would either want to be in Houston or Green either Bay. Either that, either um, that, or he'll team up with one of his brothers. I could see that. We'll go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I honestly, I think. What I think Houston, they were supposed to be in with him with like the head coaching hire and whatever, and they really never told him about anything or didn't let him have a say. So, and especially telling a, like, your franchise quarterback that you're gonna obviously do it, but they didn't kind of they didn't really show up, and so I think that's why he's mad. That is why he's oh. mad. Uh, so I don't think he'll stay with the Texans. And they were. I mean, when the, the franchise's all-time player comes out and says he should, he said. Uh-huh. Get out, Andre Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to, to get out. Well, of and I think, and especially this year, they were basically wasting. Like the Texans are wasting his talent. Besides when he had DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller healthy and Randall Cobb, they just like they wasted he, DJ Watt and uh, and uh, Andre Johnson. Yeah, so it's it it's just time I think for him to move somewhere else and. See what see what can happen because he can make the playoffs and he can make runs in the playoffs with the way he plays. So, if he has weapons, yeah, I know a lot of people were saying Chicago. He's not accepting a Chicago trade, especially if Allen Robinson's out of there. Um, that would be no different than Houston, probably worse than uh-huh. Houston. So, and then yeah, I, I think that the destinations probably be Miami or what about San New York? Francisco. The Giants, Jets. I assume you mean. Um, Jet, Jets. I think the Jets are going to go um, draft that because I don't know if he fits uh, their timeline necessarily. Um, he's a little older than I think they would want their quarterback to be. I think they want to go really young. I don't know, but do you, I, I think obviously if like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields is there, they're going to take him. But do we? We don't really know what they want because I think. I think obviously, like I mean, people hate on Sam Darnold because the way he played, but I think some of that was the way. I don't think there's. I don't think they're sticking with Sam Darnold next season. I don't know because I can't. I can't. I, I think he can be decent somewhere. I don't think the Jets. I think for the Jets, it's over. I don't know. I'm still. I'm still kind of optimistic I, I, because I think. I think with them firing Gaze, um, which is the obvious move, but I think they want to start fresh, basically everywhere, including quarterback. Yeah, I can see that, but I just don't. I don't know. It's just weird because. Sam Darnold, he everybody hates on him, but like I think it's a lot of it was the way Adam Gase like play called and like the way he utilized Sam Darnold wasn't like to like what kind of potential he had. And the way like we saw him play against like the Browns and where they won those two games, he played really well. And I don't I don't know. I think if obviously if Lawrence or Fields is there, they might take him. But I'm not sure. I think I think they could stick with Darnold, I don't think it's a full out yeah, yet, there, in my some opinion. Drafts that have, um, who's that? That tackle from Oregon. Um, I forgot his name, but they have a pick with him. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. I forgot his name, but yeah. 
So I I don't know. I think I think they could somewhat they uh, they might think they might look like they are out on Darnold, but firing with firing Gase. But I think that they still have um, some faith in him and the way he plays, especially with a new coach. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, we'll see. I just don't see it personally. All righty. So just so we went through all those games, all the divisional games. So just to um, go quickly through um, the championship games, it's the Buccaneers versus the Packers, Rodgers versus Brady get into the Super Bowl. It can't be more iconic than that. It's going to be a great game. And then the AFC championship, Bill versus Chiefs. The biggest question in that one is Patrick Mahomes going to play. That's the big one coming into Sunday. Uh, I, I, he, I'm thinking he's going to play as of now is what I'm thinking. Um, obviously with a concussion, you never know. It can last three days and it can last your lifetime basically. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's the question. They're obviously going to be testing him every day of the week, uh, see how he feels. And, uh, we just have to hope he plays for the sake of the chiefs, sake of his health and. Sake of the Chiefs and sake of his half, yeah. And sake of the game, just as a fan. Yeah, and it's weird because I, when I watched that replay, I saw it happen live. But when I watched that replay, it wasn't really a head hit. Like there was no contact with the head. It was more. Like no, it was back. a neck, which could be it make it even scarier. Yeah. Um, it is. It could be something spinal or. I mean, no, anything up there is just bad. Yeah, scary. Because the way he got up, he obviously it looked like he had a concussion because he like he got up and he like fell back right away and he had no idea where he was but during like watching the replay he wasn't hit anywhere like on the head or near the head it was more like the neck area so that's the only scary part about this Mm -hmm. yeah um we'll we'll see um and we just have to hope that he's okay Charlie got anything on that? I'm um, Pat, man. I I, yeah. think, I think he's gonna play, uh, no matter what. I think he's gonna. I mean, like, yeah, I saw some memes about them fully fully concussed. You no, know, I'm going out exactly. there. Let's go. <laughs> they, they had him on like a like on a wake and like I think um, um I think he'll play though. I think he'll he'll be okay. Um, you know, and and he'll be there. I I'm really hoping as you know, as a fan of, of, of the sport and, uh, you know, being excited for this game, I hope he plays. So we'll see. Yeah. It, like Luke said, for the sake of the chiefs, I don't think they'll survive the Chad Henney for a full game. I mean, they did it and they're already up in that and they're already up against the Browns. So I think that's why they won, but uh, a full game with Chad Henney and, I again, especially against Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, I don't think uh, they'll be able to hey, last. Man, anything's possible. Yeah, that is true. 16, 16 uh, seeded uh, UMBC beat a uh, number one Virginia, so anything's anything's possible. All right, so I think we're gonna flip the script now, and we're gonna go uh, move to the NBA. Uh, obviously, James Harden, the big blockbuster trade. Uh, I didn't write down any of like the specifics of the trade, but Harden won it out. 
of Houston. He went to the Nets, teamed up with KD, and um, Kyrie. That's who it is, Kyrie. And his first game was against the Magic. He had a triple-double. He had a 30-point triple-double. He almost had a quadruple-double with turnovers, so that was pretty impressive. Uh, but same more yeah, that is true. But the funniest part about this is he I don't know what he had under him, like when he was warming up with the Rockets. I have no idea. I don't know <laughs> what he had under him, but he looked like he hadn't worked out in like three months and he was just hanging around at the strip clubs like every day because he looked like completely awful. And then we see a picture of him uh warming up first game with the Nets, and he is is like He's back to what James Harden looked like. So he was just playing. I bet I can bet I'll put any money down. He was just playing the Rockets and uh, forcing his way out of Houston. You see the conspiracy that there's <laughs> multiple James Hardens and that the beard the beard conceals that conceals them and that was there just fat James Harden playing in Houston. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think the. I mean, I I still want to know what Houston was thinking. In my opinion, if the reports are true that there was a offer of Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons, Matisse Thybulle, and a couple of draft picks, I'm taking that over what they got any day. I know they got four draft picks and four swaps, um, but those draft picks are all. They all seem like they'll probably be late picks. Um, and I honestly I'd rather have Karis Levert than. Oladipo, especially knowing they didn't know about uh, Levert's health issues um, going into that trade. Yeah. Um, I I think they might have just hung up on the Sixers to be petty to Daryl Morey. Um, they didn't want Daryl Morey getting James Harden back. Um, they gave him back to Mike D'Antoni, though, um, who's the assistant coach now in Brooklyn. But I... I would much rather have the guy who you even even if you don't think that he's like a Ben Simmons is like a superstar. I would I would rather have the guy with. I think he has more value than value than any of the picks that they got. Is what I'm trying to say. And you get Matisse Thibault, who looks like he could be an all defensive guy in the future. Yeah, that's that's valid. But I think, in my opinion, I just think if if Oladipo is like healthy, he's obviously obviously a better all around player. Then, um, if you got Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons obviously struggles with the three-point shot, and I don't know. I I just think, I mean, if Ben Simmons got, he's a good defender, he's a good passer, he's a good mid-range interior shooter, and um, he. But that three-pointer, I think, uh, I just I just don't know if Houston wanted to mess around with that, and I think Philly Philly is obvious. I think they're open to those trade talks with Ben Simmons, right? They want to keep Embiid. Yeah. Uh yeah, well, they were saying they weren't going to trade Simmons, and then the it was the rumor that the, that they had offered Simmons, Thibault, and some picks. Um, I, and then it was also rumored that they wanted to keep Tyrese Maxey, mm-hmm. um, and the, the Rockets really wanted him. Um, but that's that would be a Dar- that would be a problem. I would have a problem with Daryl Morey doing that because if Tyrese Maxey is keeping you from getting James Harden, I think that's a problem in my opinion yeah um Tyrese Max he can be a great player but if you're trying to win now I don't see why that's a problem to give him away for a top five player 
And I think I think the big part about it was probably, I don't know, maybe. I, I honestly don't know. I have no response for that. But I I just thought about this off the top of my head as we're talking about the Rockets. Can we please talk about how uh, the Bucks gave away Christian Wood? Like uh, he's turned into like, even with the Bucks, like, he was with the herd in the games cold. he played against. He was the coolest. Yeah, and then and then he played like some games with the oh. Bucks, like. On like on the real, and he was playing well. Like he played well. He wasn't like a scrub, and he was just dominating and with the herd. And I I just hate how the Bucks gave him away. Every also, I hate how the Pelicans. Bucks. I also, I also hate I also hate how uh, the Bucks gave up Malcolm Brogdon and they didn't give away Bledsoe. Well, wait, 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 <laughs> because I think wait because it, though though. Brogdon is the better player than Bledsoe. I don't think they get Drew Holiday right now, and I think they're in a much better um, situation with Drew Holiday than they would be with Brogdon. Reason being is they got assets back from the Pacers for Brogdon mm-hmm. that they wouldn't for Bledsoe, and they were able to package Bledsoe with those um, assets in order to get Drew Holiday, and I think that's important to say. Though, it is at the time, I mean, obviously they weren't thinking about a Drew Holiday trade, so at the time, it was definitely a mishandling. But and 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 to your point, it was if if you were going after Drew Holiday, if you gave away Bledsoe and you kept Brogdon, I think if you wanted to trade trade Brogdon away for Drew Holiday, you would have to either give like Dante or even like Chris Middleton in that deal. But I don't know about Middleton. I I yeah, I don't think I don't know if you bled if you um I don't know. It depends on if the Pelicans value Brogdon that much more than uh, mm-hmm. Bledsoe, like a, a first round and a first round pick yeah. more than him. Um, especially with the way that Brogdon played last year, he was pretty awful last year. Um, obviously, he's playing well now, but Brogdon was pretty terrible last year. So I don't think there would have been he would have been much value. Um, granted, we don't know how with he the, would yeah play with the Bucks. He was, but he was just he injured. Was... Injured and shooting like thirty nine percent from the field at some point in the season, like he was yeah. just playing bad. And with the Bucks, he was playing good, and then and he was and he took a huge dip defensively mm-hmm. last season into like a bad defender. He's improved greatly this year, but his value last year Strong. as a pacer just yeah yeah. But I, I agree that they probably should have kept him. But looking back at it now, it. Might be a blessing that they didn't. Yeah, and getting like you say, getting Drew Holiday would have been different. Um, but I'm just mad, just like looking back at it. You gave away Christian Wood. I don't even think. I think we just did. We just release him or wave him or. Yeah, we yeah we waved him for Tim yeah. So that was <laughs> looking back on that. That's probably. <laughs> it's, it's a lot yeah, of man, pain. At, at least we weren't like the last team to like get him like until he turned superstar because Pelicans had him. Let go. Pistons had him. Pelicans go. and the Pistons had him. Well, the, he turned into a somewhat star as a Piston, which has got him mm-hmm. his contract. But he does. He looks great. Um, he looks great. That Rockets team. It it just confuses me. Um, because they they they're rebuilding, but they're also they have a veteran mm-hmm. team. Um, I, I don't know. I that was really what I was talking about before. They, I don't know what they're trying to do honestly um it's like they're trading picks but they're also getting picks in it just seems like they don't really have a plan yeah, right trying now to go with the i think they're just gonna go um, with the flow at this point 
uh, yeah, I mean, they have like John Wall and Oladipo and Cousins, who are all veterans, and then, and Christian Wood, who's like twenty seven years old mm-hmm. or something. And then you have, uh, then you have a bunch of draft picks and a couple of young guys, but none that really stand out, which is why I don't understand. Don't I, that was the real big thing I didn't talk about was Cleveland getting Jared Allen for Dante Exum and the yeah, Bucks first round pick in two years. Um, what uh, Houston would rather have Dante Exum and the Bucks pick in twenty twenty two, which is probably going to be like hopefully thirtieth overall, instead of uh, Jared Allen. Yeah, especially with Cousins on a one year deal, you don't know if he's coming back. Um. Christian Wood can play center, but he's probably better off as a four. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that move at all from Houston. Yeah, he, they're just—I think they're—they're they're all over the place. I don't even think they know what they're doing at this point. Uh, they're just trying to get to the season, but we're gonna get back on track. I know I just kind of weaved off the the rails there, going talking about uh, Christian Wood and Malcolm Brogdon, but we're gonna go back uh, to James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets. They had their game uh, tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks on TNT. Obviously, the Nets pulled it out by two points. Bucks had a chance to win it. Uh, I don't know. Luke wants to talk about on this. He wants to talk about this. Um, this little uh, James Harden, he went 13 to 25, very efficient. Uh, his three point shooting wasn't the best, only 30%, three of 10. Uh, but he also he had 34 points and 12 assists, so a double double on the night. And I'm gonna uh, give the floor to Luke. I know he wanted to talk about this game, so I will let him uh, go. Yeah, my thoughts on this game, but the Nets look tough. Um, I but the, and they had like Katie and Harden both kind of struggled in the first first half. Um, they. Harden just makes some stuff look really easy and some stuff look really hard. It kind of boggles me. Um, he gets the ba- the basket and then he just tries to – and he can just throw up anything and it goes in. And then he tries to make these step-back shots that are just stupid and brick. And then there's Katie who makes literally everything look easy. Um, my question is I don't know how Kyrie makes this team any better if he comes back. Um because he does the same exact stuff as James Harden, literally. Like Harden is basically literally a better Kyrie Irving. Um, they, I, I know there's talk about people saying they should trade him, and I would agree. I think they should definitely see how he plays with them. And I know that chemistry-wise, he loves um, playing with KD, but they just the fit-wise, it doesn't make sense. Um, this trade also to me makes the East a two team division. Uh the Bucks and uh Bucks and Nets show tonight that they are pretty close. Um, even though we didn't see them at full the Nets at full strength tonight. They are pretty close um together. It was a, a two point game in the middle of the regular season to me doesn't mean much in a, to how it's gonna play out in the playoffs because that's just one possession. Um like in out of forty eight minutes that went the Nets way. But um, Drew Holiday has been outstanding for the Bucks, and he defended James Harden very well. The problem with the Bucks tonight was Coach Mike Budenholzer putting terrible assignments on uh, 
KD and James Harden. He was putting Pat Connaughton on those guys like all night. Um, Pat Connaughton guard both of them at some point in the game, and it was a bucket every time. Um, he would put Brent Forbes on them, bucket every time. He would put I forgot who else he would put. I know, on them, I know he, every time. If Giannis, Giannis drew Holiday or Dante wasn't assigned to one of those guys. I know, I know Middleton. At some, I think it was earlier in the game he was on KD a little bit and. Middleton was on KD and he was guarding him well. Sure. He was, like the only yeah. you need more length yeah, than that, that to guard KD. Giannis has to be guarding KD, mm-hmm. and Drew Holiday has to be on Harden or Dante. Those guys were playing very good defense on Harden. Sometimes it wasn't good enough, but some, but it was much better than having yeah. Pat Connaughton on. And what was what was the thing with with KD like shoving Giannis oh, yeah, in the back, that. like literally, like like early in the game? It was like yeah. straight, like there was no need for that. It was just like straight up, and then he was like talking crap to him. Like later in the game, like what did Giannis like ever do to KD? I don't know. I think a lot of I don't know why a lot of guys He's don't tend to like Giannis in the league. Um, relax, but um, yeah, but at least Giannis, Giannis isn't uh, like going to like a seventy-three win team, and you know, facts. I mean, yes, yes. I I mean, I lost. I lost. Like KD as a player is like amazing, but like. He went to that, but he also won like the finals MVP and stuff like that. Like, so he was, he showed like he was the better player on like that team. But oh, yeah, he's he's the best. I mean, he's the best scorer, definitely in the past twenty years, probably ever, as far as just being able to score mm-hmm. from anywhere. But, um, which is why, which is why this next team is going to be a problem. Um, but I think the best recipe they need, they need. Um, they need a true playmaking guard, in my opinion, rather than Kyrie, who likes to get a bucket. And they need some rim protection more than DeAndre yeah. Jordan. Um, especially getting rid of Jared Allen, which is why it, the trade doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it makes sense to me from the Nets standpoint because um, you, you get James Harden, but you also get rid of a lot of depth, mm-hmm. and that bench looks terrible. Um, they outside of their top five, outside of their top three today, it was it was looking bad. It's like Joe Harris played pretty well. DeAndre Jordan didn't play terrible, but he's been pretty bad all year. Landry um, they they need some depth, and I Landry Shamit, he's been okay. They I think they may they may try to get some depth in the buyout market come March or so. Um, going into the playoffs, get some veteran guys who may be on bad teams right now. Um, I don't know who might get bought out this year, but I could. I think that's where they're going to have to uh, focus their focus to look for their depth since they have no money to actually really trade for anybody unless they were to trade Kyrie. Yeah, and can we? Uh, I want to just touch on a little bit. Um, I just want to say I think a Bucks Nets like seven game series like best of seven series would be like amazing like it would probably like, it would be like so amazing like Giannis versus KD going at it they have the mat it, it all comes down to it. can coach Boonholzer make adjustments and right now it doesn't look like it um because I mean th- th- that last play of the game I, I have to talk I Chris Middleton sitting in the corner like it was double guarded or double teamed. Giannis is at half court with three, four seconds left in the game. 
on an inbound. And he did get open on the cut, but it was there was no time left. As soon as Middleton caught it double team, he had to shoot the ball mm-hmm. and it almost went in. But it was just a atrocious play call. Yeah. And then can we talk can we just like, you know, can I just talk about how uh can we tell Brooke Lopez to not like stop like jacking up threes? He went two of eight on the night. Like Brooke is- <laughs> oh he needs he needs to get traded. He had a good he had a, he ended the game very well. He had he had a good he had a good three at the end of the game. He had a good put crazy put yeah. back dunk. Well, and like the um, thing is, he's like what seven feet tall, but he's like never in the lane. He's always like, especially offensively, another, he's always sitting on the perimeter looking for a three pointer. Like, dude, like get in the paint. I I prefer when Bobby Portis is in the game over him nowadays, um, because Bobby Portis provides he's a uh, dog some energy. He provides energy. He provides he provides um, offensive rebounding is crazy from him. He can score from basically anywhere feet, on the floor. He's His feet really are probably better too. Like Lopez is. Yeah, I mean, he's been a really good pickup for them. And I don't know where what we can get for Lopez, but I feel like mm-hmm. he needs to go. And like we lost, to, we we the Bucks lost by two to the Nets with like KD playing and like Harden playing that well. But like if you see, if you like go through the box score, like Dante was three and nine from the field. He kind of struggled. Um, but but he yeah, did yeah. play very good defense and all night on Chris Harden. And then um, let's see if we go up to like I mean Chris Middleton. The thing is, I told you guys this in the chat, but I, I what I saw tonight, I don't think Kyrie saw, and I don't think with Kyrie in the game that games anymore it gets out of hand or anything because he just does what James Harden does literally. Well, yeah, and that... James Harden might be a little bit better of a defender, but it's not enough to make it. Like they're not winning by twenty just because Kyrie's in the game instead of two. And I and honestly, if Kyrie was in the game, I think they possibly could have lo- like they could possibly lose this game because we all we all had this conversation where you obviously have three people that want the ball. Like we had this conversation when KD went to the Warriors. Like how would this work? KD, Steph, and Clay all want the ball in their hands and want to shoot. I mean, Clay. But it is different because Clay's not a ball dominant player. Draymond's one of the least ball dominant well, yeah, players no, I, in the yeah. league. Um, you can ha- you're gonna have two ball dominant yeah, players I, on a team. You just can't. Yeah, and so three is a like, lot. When we were talking about Golden State, it was I mean Clay. Yes, he's a spot. He's more of like a spot up shooter. He doesn't need the ball in his hands. Like he dropped what like 38 points with like three dribbles in a game. So he doesn't need the ball in his hands. But like with Kyrie, Harden, and KD, like they they are all ball dominant players and like KD off the dribble he can score anywhere James Harden just needs the ball in his hands and Kyrie is a playmaker with the ball in his hands so like that mixture I think Kate and KD mm-hmm. can play off the ball um he would probably prefer to play with it but those yeah and like who can. who takes that last um, shot KD's always KD KD has always played with the ball dominant point guard his entire career literally mm-hmm. other than his first season he's played with Westbrook Curry and Kyrie um but those other two guys have always been the ball guy with the ball in the hands. Obviously, Kyrie played with LeBron, but he was still the guy with the ball in his hands. Yeah, and even even KD at some point he was um, the guy with the ball in his hands because like he would always he would half the time he would bring up the ball up the floor if it. Was... But he didn't, yeah he, he didn't, yeah, he didn't have, have to be all yeah. game. The same way Harden Harden basically has to be the same way Kyrie almost has to be even though he had LeBron, but he was still the guy with the ball in his hands for most of the time. And because LeBron can also adjust mm-hmm. and play off the ball, so that 
those if it was just Harden and KD, or if it was just obviously KD and Kyrie, I feel it would be better. Um, and if they if they were to get rid of Kyrie for, I don't know, some big man who can protect the paint or um, uh, another or like a wing who can play off the ball, I think it would be less. Yeah, scary. now that now that Harden is on the Nets, I think I think KD and Harden is a better duo than Kyrie and. And Kyrie oh, and for Katie. sure. For sure. Charlie, do you have any? I know we're like dominating the talk. Charlie, do you want to? Uh, oh, is he gone already? already? Oh, no, he's just he's not here. talking. I mean, he, I mean he's, he's gone. Yeah, he's <laughs> gone. <laughs> oh, no, he's gone. Oh, oh now he's gone. For, <laughs> for real. <laughs> All right. Oh, so man. I don't. All right. Yeah, I, I guess, guess I, have, I have nothing else to add. We talked a lot about uh, some. We talked about a lot of good stuff here today. Been here for about an hour, so so I think I'm gonna go probably run get some food. Yeah, he's back. I don't, I don't, I don't know what he's doing, but we're gonna end this episode. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, thank you for all the support. We're here every Tuesday at this point in time. Just starting back, we're gonna um, record episodes and drop them every Tuesday. And then later and later on, we're going to add some more during the week. But this time, it's only uh, one a week for us. So, uh, hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. Talked about the divisional round playoffs and some uh, great NBA talk tonight. So, hope you all enjoyed and hope you guys enjoy the week. And we'll see you next year, next time on the Sports Hype Podcast. <laughs>